Welcome to In the Woods. I'm James Woods, aka William Moore, the author of Sparrows Valley and the Twisted Fairy Tale series, and co-founder of Majavi. If you need to get out of your own way and learn how to traverse the not-so-happy path in your career, I want to help you dig through the weeds and get to the roots of what may be holding you back from growing and succeeding in your industry. The mindset when you have to overcome when things don't go your way. So join me in the woods. Welcome to In the Woods. I'm James Woods, aka William Moore, the author of Sparrows Valley and the Twisted Fairy Tale series and co-founder of Majavi. If you need to get out of your own way and learn how to traverse the not so happy path in your career, join me in the woods. So today I have a very special guest. Uh, I have Cesar Perez, actually the CTO of Luma Qualis. Hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, we kind of go back uh, several years. You actually gave me the opportunity to work with the consulting firm that I'm, I'm currently working with now. So, and your personality and culture that I, I really felt a bond with you. You were at one company, I don't want to give the name, and you moved to where I am now. And I actually followed you from the interview I went from the company you were at to where you were going just because I truly believed in you. And it wasn't so much that I wanted to work for a specific company. I felt that you were someone that I clicked with and you were someone that I actually wanted to follow. So you have that type of personality and you you, you have the, the morals and we there was a lot of the morals that you and I share. And I, I definitely appreciate that. So I definitely wanted to bring you on the show. You right Man, now you no you pressure have a- at all. Jeez, that's a hell of an intro. <laughs> Thank so, you, man. No, seriously, you, sincerely, thank you. And just for, for the listeners, he has a very strong background in technology uh, from the DevOps perspective, from back end, front end, uh, just a very well-rounded uh, developer and a technologist. I, I can I, At this point, I can actually call you a thought leader. So one of the things I, I, I definitely want to start off with is I know we've had conversations and you go all the way back to the Commodore 64 and and the eighties. So (laughs) you're dating me. Well, Hey, I'm I'm right with you. So, (laughs) so was this, was tech was something from an early age was something you just enjoyed or was this kind of a path where you said, you know what, when I get older, I don't want to be a doctor and attorney. I want to be that, that tech guru one day. Uh, Honestly, no, but I was always a very curious child. And I think that's what that's what led me here. I mean, I can go way back. Uh, yeah, with like the Commodore sixty four days. You know, that was one thing, right? And most of it was just to do gaming, to be honest. And but I was always taking things apart, getting in trouble with my mother. You know, <laughs> it's like breaking a TV set. <laughs> it's like, well, how does this? How does this? You know, the, just remember the uh, like the TVs you used to have to actually walk up to the TV and turn the um, turn the you know, knob. That rotary. Yeah, yeah and they had the one with the, the U um, and the 1 through 13. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, even seeing, like, how the screen worked and the projections, I, yeah, I, I, I cost a lot of money for, for my mom growing up. But, yeah, that's really what started, man, just curiosity. And, um, yeah, I definitely don't have that, that linear path that I think most technologists have. You know, we'll get into a little bit about that because I think that that's worked to, towards my advantage. Wasn't a good student in, in high school. When I was younger, definitely, yes. But once I got to high school, I was just, uh, you know, questioning everything, right? And just being very challenging, but not not, not like a troublemaker, right? I was very, very quiet, introverted, 100%. Um, but if I didn't like something or if I didn't agree with it, I was just sort of like, like this, yes. right? So the teachers drove them nuts. I always wanted to join the military. That was a thing just throughout my childhood enlisted in the uh, in the army when I was a junior that first month you know fresh uh, junior in, in, in high school and something I always wanted to do and I just need to get through graduation right so had no idea or no, no I no, no thought in technology even though I took the first computer science that was offered in my in my high school and I was part of that but it was it was just more like a fun thing to do with my with my geek friends and and that just uh, I kept that going even even when I was in the service I was not in like in an admin type of job not not a desk job I was a cavalry scout reconnaissance specialist total grunt like so we're talking about you know eight months out of the year we're doing training out in the field and all these simulations for you know for for battle and different tactics um, 
nothing to do with computers or, or technology at the, at the broader sense. But we were using things like GPS, mobile devices, that sort of thing. So that like, I think behind the scenes, like my subconscious, it was still sort of there. And, you know, so once I completed my service, um, I was going to follow the the path that most uh, uh, traditionally most, most soldiers or most uh, military members take. Let's go become a, a fireman or a, a police, a state trooper, that sort of thing. Took the New Jersey state trooper test, was going to get a school date, a start date for the academy. Um, but a friend of mine always knew like, hey, you're in technology. Like, why don't you just go to this? Why don't you go to the job fair that's uh, that at Fort Monmouth? So I did that, met with the company and thought they were great. Uh, they're like, hey, why don't you just, you know, just take the test, interview, and just see how you do, right? Give this thing a shot. And I did, man. And like a week later, they they offered me a, a role as a, as IT support for the for the Human Resources Office for the Army. So it was Department of the Army Human Resources Office. So what did that mean? It meant I was inside of an office with, um, <laughs> oh God, this is going to sound so wrong, but with more senior people, right? And I was like the youngest person there. I was like 20 two or 23 and mostly fixing printers and how do i you know how do i fix this in word or how do, how do i do this in powerpoint so that got old like very quick right but i mean i was always just ambitious always pushing myself for more and more and more um and i saw what everybody else within this company i was with uh, symbolic systems it was technically a software company for the uh for the department of the army and they built software for the human resources office so a lot of like bi they were a .NET shop because everything okay, on the government gotcha. back then was yeah, .NET. Um, and so we we're doing a lot of like data capture and reporting, analysis of data for them. Even though it wasn't called digital transformation, they were actually doing digital transformation back then. But at the simplest term, meaning going from paper to, you know, to digital, to, uh, um, you know, putting things into a database, right? <laughs> so I saw what everybody else was doing in the tech team. And I'm like, I think I could do this. I want to do this, right? I would just sort of like listen in during these meetings and just take notes, you know, about the technologies they were using and or that they were using. And uh, I would go research on my own time, right? So I meant after work and started teaching myself. But back then I was being very strategic because it's like, I didn't feel I could just come to, you know, to the leadership and say, hey, I want to be a developer or I want to do this. You know, I was, I was support, man, right? So I, I knew I had to prove myself before I could even approach them with this idea. Um, but that's what I did, man. I picked up T-SQL T- and got a lot of hate along the way from the, uh, from the develop, you know, development team, because that's just, I don't know, it's part of the culture. At least it used to be. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? You, you work out, you can't possibly, you're, you're going to be a developer, you know, it was sort of silly. Right. Um, but, but that's exactly what I did. Like within, um, my first year, um, they, they saw the potential, they gave me the opportunity, which I was super you know thankful for. Um, and yeah, I started helping with like data migrations and things like that. Um, crashed my first server, a government server, because I wrote a recurs- recursive function that didn't exit out of a loop. It didn't exit out, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so learned that the hard way. Um, but you know, hey, they understood. I was super junior and um, you know, it, it was all a learning experience. Um, but that's really how that's sort of like my origin story, how I got into technology. And really from there, I think you sort of know the rest, but I'll tell the, you know, I'll, I'll give the rest for the, uh, for the audience for your viewers. Um, I got really tired of government work. It's like watching paint dry. Okay. Um, it gets old very quick. So, uh, and, and things, you know, things are all about timing, right? We talked about this, I think, uh, last week. Timing in terms of even with Luma Qualis, we get into that a little bit, but um, uh, timing, timing, man. Uh, Fort Monmouth is being put on the uh, uh, base closure list called a BRAC list. Um, And it was just, you know, the government's way of trying to save money. Uh, So Fort Monmouth was put on that list. And at the same time, I was sort of getting, you know, too comfortable in that role. Uh, And I hate that feeling, right? So I started just listening to, to offers. You always get emails from recruiters and stuff, uh, just like you do today. And there was just one in particular that I was like, all right, let me, let me, let me actually uh, get a meeting with this guy. Let me hear out this opportunity. It was in New York city. Um, I was 
Fort Monmouth, it was down in, uh, like near Red Bank and, okay. uh, Titan Falls or Titan Falls in Jersey. Um, so it would have been, you know, it, it's just a big change working in the city, right? Never. I, I sort of hated the city before then just thought it was too busy and stuff, a little intimidating to be honest. And, uh, but I had this great call with this guy and he's like, Hey, you know, I think you have the right experience. It'll be a good, you know, good time for you to make a switch. Um, because I was not going to move to Fort, um, oh God, what was it? It was uh, Aberdeen, Maryland. That's oh, where Aberdeen. they were relocated. Reloc- Aberdeen, exactly. I know exactly what it is. My, my cousin so, actually was in Aberdeen, Maryland. Was stationed yeah, there. And back then, there was nothing there. Like I visited, and there was just nothing there, man, at all. It's like dirt roads. And it's like, you know, they had trailers for people. I'm like, no, nah, okay, not going to do that. Um, so I, I, I took this opportunity was, uh, with Time Inc. Interactive as a front-end developer. And you have to remember, I was self-taught, right? So I come in with this team of like engineers who came from Cornell, you know, NYU, like a lot of Ivy League level people, right? And, you know, here comes Caesar, who was, uh, you know, a prior service guy, still going to school. I was at St. John's at the time, you know, pursuing my bachelor's. And, um, but at the same time, I had this like, I know I, I knew I could, right? I knew there's gonna be challenges and stuff, but I knew I was so sure of myself that I could do this. And um, you know, that's funny. That's funny that you were saying. That's funny that you were saying that because I, I actually had this conversation with someone, and you probably heard it before. You know, they say uh, one day the C students are actually gonna hire all the A students. And there's another <laughs> saying that uh, I had this conversation because you know, with my son and some of my friends and their kids, uh, they always say, "Oh." You know, he's not motivated to such and such. And I was like, there's no such thing as an unmotivated person. There's only someone who's not motivated to do what you want him to do. So I I gave an example. I said, my son, he loves football, (laughs) loves video games, loves, you know, streaming. So if you ask him to do that, he will stop whatever he's doing. Doesn't matter what's on his schedule. He will be motivated to go do that. But if you say, hey, uh, let's get up early and study and go to school, he will seem like the most unmotivated person in the world. So the fact that even though they did have all those Ivy League people had the degrees and they had the, you know, the status. And I mean, it's a great school, but, you know, there's, yeah. there's, there's a certain belief around it. But then you have someone like you who was, you know, self-taught. And I've actually found people who are self-taught are usually a little tighter with their information because they physically have gone out of their way to actually learn it. It's not someone saying, here's a book, learn it. We have a test tomorrow and you don't want to do it, but you kind of have to do it for the class. When you're self-taught, it's almost like when you were a kid and you're breaking down a TV, you have that curiosity where you want to do this. It's the same thing yeah. probably when you were doing this, when you were self-taught with the, uh, the building, uh, learning front end development. Yeah. And it's all because you have that desire, right? You have that passion to, to learn something, whatever it is. Um, and you know, we're going to go into like academia a little bit, like people are, I feel are forced into, it's like, Oh, my dad or my mom did this. So now I have to follow in their footsteps or they want me to go into computer science. So this is what I'm going to do. Um, so that passion isn't there. Um, and you know, which is kind of sad, but at, at the same time, it's, um, um, uh, for me, it, it, it helped for, uh, for me to stand out because I was, I was actively like heavily pursuing, uh, excellence in this field. Like I wanted to, I wanted to get the recognition, man. Um, not, not to like brag or show off, but just because like, you know, I wanted to, I mean, this goes deep. Like I want to, uh, uh sort of present pride, you know, for my family and, um, you know, say, Hey, look, you know, this is what, you know, we've achieved, especially for my mom, right. She, she sacrificed so much. Uh, that was a big motivator and just in my life and pursuing things in my career. You know I mean, even still to today. So, um, but yeah, interesting, uh, uh, interesting topic. I haven't thought about this stuff in a while. <laughs> Oh, with the with the school in the St. John's. Now you said you yeah, were in school. Yeah, yeah. Now you said you were in school when you were doing uh, the school with St. John's. Were you in school for technology, or were you going for something else and self teach, um, self taught? Criminal and... justice. Oh, you were in criminal justice. So criminal you were... justice because remember, I was I was um, I was going to go down the path of uh, you know state trooper for New Jersey because uh... that's just what you do as an army person. Yes. Um, you know that's. Yeah, when you exit out of the out of the service, like you're given basically a PowerPoint uh, PowerPoint presentation of 
thank you for your service. This is the, these are the areas that your skills can translate into. Right. And, you know, as a combat arms person, you know, they're not going to send you to computer science schools or, or, or you know, uh, a technology related field it just doesn't happen. Were there any defining moments in your career that you feel kind of molded you uh, for you to succeed down a career path? Because you seem like you switched up a little bit. You went from uh, military to criminal justice to tech to IT. Um, well, remember, I, I actually I don't think I mentioned this part. So I was always um, like a closet geek, man. Um, you know, I didn't I, I definitely don't feel uh, fit the mold, especially, you know, 14 years ago uh of, of a technology person um so i was always doing it like in secret <laughs> you know i just was always interested in building computers just seeing how things worked right and even still to today you know, i built my son's pc i have my server downstairs in the basement where it's cool um it's you know it, i just figured out you know i learned what all the components are what they do and it's like i don't know it's like almost like a like putting together a, a, a not a puzzle but like a car or you know a, one of those like figurines type of thing or model model that's what right. i'm looking for um but there wasn't like a clear defining moment correction um when my buddy told me hey check out this you know this uh um, um this um oh god drawing a blank here the uh the career career day or, oh career day yes you know, okay. where, where, yeah yeah down at fort monmouth i mean it's like just give it a shot. If I didn't, if, it, if I didn't talk to him that day, it was at a bar and by for, uh, at, at Rutgers University uh, off College Ave. Um, if he didn't tell me to do that, I probably would not have gone, and I would have just kept on the path you were going. Would have been a completely different life. Yeah. yeah. You and I have been in technology for a very long time, and we've had our ups, our downs. Trust me, it would. I know personally, there were times it's like, do I really want to keep doing this? Even though you have a passion, maybe the company you're working for, might be the people you're working with. There's a lot of things that can kind of stray you. So you start having doubts about the career path that you're going. Are yeah. there any, uh, any advice that you would kind of give someone who's coming up through the ranks? Because once you're established, like I'm at a point now that I could show someone my interview and walk into a meeting. They're like, hey, this is the guy we want. When you first start, it is definitely not like that. It's it's a little bit more difficult. So is there any advice you would give someone who wants to kind of pursue the career you're going and move up to a level where you're at it as a CTO? You, you know, one thing I've always done, um, and I think you probably picked up on this the first time that we met, um, was people putting, uh, or putting people first. A lot of companies say that. Most of them are full of it. Um, you know, you have to, you have to like really live that life. Um, you have to put people first, uh, look out for them, not just for yourself. You know, there's, there were so many times, um, the first big agency I was with, uh, I think I brought a lot of change there culturally with, uh, with my immediate teams, because, uh, I would get into arguments with, with certain folks about not, not like yelling at each other, but right. just more like debate, like, Hey, you know, we are a team. And if you see somebody is about to step in a, on a landmine, and I was always using military references, people thought that's it was what nuts. you know. But like, if you <laughs> see that, you know, call attention to it. You know, this is your this is your buddy over here. Don't don't let them step on that. Um, and often the, re the the response I would get is, "That's not my job." And I would look at them like like they were growing two heads. What do you mean that's not your job? Are you not part of this team? Do you not care about your team member? Because if they mess up. That affects all of us, yes. and this is a collective here. Um, so I, I've always, you know, advocated for that for that culture. Always look out after one another. Um, if you truly want to succeed, it's not so much about your skills, uh, you know, how well you you code. Um, it's more about how you, um, you know, how you lead your people. Uh, even when you're not a leader, I think everybody is a leader. You know, I don't believe in this whole like natural born leader thing. That's that's nonsense. Um, I think we learn how to do that. And it really starts by just, just caring about one another as soft that's, as that sounds, but it's true. No, that's great that you said that I was, uh, working at, uh, Admex years ago and on my, I finished, I was a consultant, so I finished a project and then at a project, 
uh, the VP there or the team that I was on brought me into a meeting and he basically said kind of what you're saying. And, and I, I kind of, when I mentor people, I explain this to them, whatever job that you go to, there's probably going to be someone better than you, a developer. We're all developers. So you get a certain ticket, you get a certain number of sprints. That's not going to make you stand out. He was like, the one thing he was like, you always got the work done. I never had to worry about that. But the one thing that I would say that you need to nurture when you leave here is when I come in every day, I can tell when you're here and when you're not here. So I was like, what do you mean? He said, because I manage uh, several teams here and none of my teams communicate with each other. So when you hear from my office, I literally can hear multiple teams communicating with each other, multiple teams, you know, laughing and enjoying. And a, a developer or a UX, UI or a product manager who is at peace is a lot more productive than someone who's being micromanaged, stressed out, worrying about dates. 100%. So yeah. just the simple fact that you're here, my production for my entire team noticeably went up for the simple fact that I could tell everyone was much happier when you were here because you were the most vocal person here. And and not vocal where, you know, making a yeah, lot of noise, but you're just yeah. talking, yeah. Uh, you know, do you need help? Do you want a peer program? And this is something I feel you can, it, it, it works in every field. If you're in product management, if you're a fire department, police officer, if you're in business, tech, accounting, it doesn't matter. It, it all goes back to that military mindset is, are you going to let someone step on a minefield? Let them learn from your experiences. Or if you see something, say something, because that is a very important, important part of standing out in a crowd is what you do mm -hmm. for the team as a whole, not just what you do as a sole contributor, because everyone's contributing. So that's not really going to stand out. Right. And, and you know, another thing, too, is like, you know, focusing people first, like that's one thing. But um, when it comes actually, you know, time to do the work, no, expect that things are going to go wrong. And when they do go wrong, don't, don't be the person that's going to, you know, complain or, you know, uh, drag the team down. Like just expect that things are going to go wrong. There's a certain, there certain things that are out of your control, but what you can control is your energy. You can control right. your attitude, right? your perspective, because your, your energy, whether it's positive or negative, that spreads, right? And it doesn't mean that we're always going to be in a great mood, but right. you can be optimistic without smiling, right? You can be determined <laughs> without, right. you know, again, without having, uh, you know, being chippy about it. No. Uh, prepare for the hard times, know that they're coming and uh, work your way through them. Um, and you'll learn a lot about yourself that way. And you learn a lot about your, your team, especially as a leader. You learn about your team and then where you can actually focus to to help people improve because we all need help. I, God knows I, I need a lot of help early on in my career. Absolutely. So, yeah. Now, in regards to resources, uh, you were self-taught in a lot of these different areas. And I know for a fact you have a lot of experience from DevOps to product management to project management to front end to back end. Since you didn't formally go to you know, a school for computer science or computer engineering, what were some of the resources that you were using to uh, kind of build your, your skill set and make sure that you stayed on the cutting edge of what's going on out there? Back then, um, back then it was really just a lot of reading online. Um, and I was purchasing a lot of books too. Um, today is a different time. There's so many communities, uh, but back then it was really referencing a lot of books. Um, who was a good, uh, like a press. Remember all the a, oh, press, a press series. Yes, absolutely. Um, um, and, uh, there's this guy and I'm not going to remember his name, but he was like one of the first front end JavaScript evangelists. I think he even, you know, labeled himself as such. Oh, really? Um, I have to look up this name. His name was, uh, his first name was Christian. I want to say like Christian Wild, Wildman. Um, and he had this website and I can't say it because it's not PC. I, actually, <laughs> it's just not appropriate. Right. Um, but this guy is, and I'm sure today he's still a leader, um, but he was with, I think, AOL for a while. Remember when AOL was like a huge, yes, was just, it, it. such a huge, huge name. Um, 
but uh, um, you know, it was just identifying who those leaders were and <laughs> frankly, and copying them. Right. I, I tell people all the time, I'm like the best copycat in the world when it, when it came to technology, because it's like, all right, these people, um, they're, I don't, I don't have a problem saying that someone's smarter than me. Yeah. Especially me now as, as SCTO, my job is to bring in people who are smarter than me. I don't want to be surround. I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room ever, <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, but you know, it's like, I see, I see these leaders and they have amazing content and all I have to do is read and, and, and actually practice, you know, what, what they're teaching, you know, through execution, right? That, that means, and actually one, one more thing too, um, um, in terms of advice, sacrifice, uh, I, I sacrificed a lot of my, you know, this is my early twenties that meant social time sort of out the door. Right. I mean, I had a very limited, you know, circle of friends. I was super, super focused. Uh, and, and they understood that about me. They knew what, what, you know, what I was uh, sort of striving for. Um, uh, but you know, practice because like, again, right. The whole team concept or more like the sport concept. This is a team. You can't get better at anything in life without practice. So that's what I would do. Um, you know, so instead of going out, I, I stay home and I would, you know, put the, put a, put a website together. Um, right. you know, my website back in the day, I use that heavily for, for interviews because I would demonstrate what I've learned on the website. Oh, and, wow. and that's okay. one thing I don't see. That's actually one thing I don't see today, which I think is like a mistake. If you're, especially as a front end developer, if you're a front end developer, you should be showcasing what you know, right? Um, often, all the time, right? There's so many brands that we've worked for, so many cool concepts and cool ideas that we've either, you know, introduced or been a part of. Doesn't mean that we have to, you know, take the website that we did for, uh, you know, for Verizon Wireless or something, and then put that on our, uh, you know, on our website, but, you know, take some of the concepts and get creative with it, you know, put your own little spin on it and, uh, and just showcase it. Yeah. Right. That's another show, thing off, I... show off the skills, show off the skills that you're learning. That's another thing I kind of recommend to people who, especially in the beginning is try to, uh, add, uh, to open source GitHubs, have a GitHub yeah. of your yeah. own. Like you were saying, build your own projects. It's great if you have your own project online, but create a repo for yourself and have your own project so that you can showcase to someone. That's what they do with a lot of the boot camps. A lot of the boot camps, there's a final project that they specifically say you use for your portfolio. Right, right. And actually, that's what I like about Git. Uh, at first, I used to hate GitHub, um, you know, the profile, the developer profile where it would show how active you are and stuff like that. Right. Um, because I felt like, oh man, you know, I use, I use Bitbucket. Um, it, but it was so simple. All that meant is like, I just have to clone through repositories right. um, from my Bitbucket to here. Like, yeah, I just had to do it as a manual task. But guess what showed up? All the contributions that I had, right. you know, throughout the year. And then it just shows that potential client or employer that, Oh, you're actually you're you're very active. Right, exactly. Right? Little tiny things, man. Little little things, you know, big win. Um, but in your career, did you have uh, specific mentors? I know you speak a lot about the books that you were reading and trial and error. Were there were there a list of people, people you knew of or people you knew directly throughout your career that you could say kind of helped mold you to become you? Yeah, you know the the first person, um, Ivan Romanov. He is. Uh, he, I, I well, we're not. Look, he, he went down to Maryland, right? He he moved. He made the move um, uh, when Fort Monmouth closed. Um, so we mostly kept in touch through like email. Okay. Um, just because technologists, man, we're introverts, right? I, I'm. I am an introvert, as social as I am, um, but. You know, we're always so busy and wrapped up in what we're doing that it could be a year and I might not talk to this person. But the next time that we do, it's like as if no time has gone by at all. Right. right? That's like how a lot of my my relationships are uh, with, you know, either former uh, uh, co-workers uh, or even clients. Um, but Ivan was the one person <laughs> that when I was I was uh, at, at Symbolic and I, I'm like and I think I asked him, like, hey, you know, do you think I can do this? 
and with his like thick Russian Russian accent, he's like, "You are not stupid enough to not to." I'm like, "Thanks, I think." <laughs> right? <laughs> and I just you know quietly just backed away, and I'll see you later. <laughs> I think I'm gonna keep on doing what I'm doing. I think that's what you're telling me. Um, yeah, and 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 you know he took the time, right? He took the time out of his day, um, and even like I think on some weekends to just review my code. The oh stuff wow, that was put together. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And actually, he was he was a big part of that um, at Fort Monmouth. Um, yeah, because I was trying to, man, I was trying to do so many things. I wanted to get the back end, front end. So I would always creep on the on the design, the creative team and just, you know, just start a conversation, see what they're doing. It's like, hey, can I help with this? I would do a lot of volunteering, like, you know, my own personal time on, on projects, on government right. projects. Um, but uh, uh, that's one of them. Um, I had a lot of mentors, um, you know, like in, in the military uh, because those leadership uh, lessons, those skills, I definitely think they've 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 helped me tremendously, um, you know, and, and just on the civilian side of things, right? right. Just the regular workforce. Um, so, start, people like Sergeant Eubanks, Tony Eubanks, um, you know, he taught me a lot about integrity. Um, and this might sound uh, ridiculous, but I, at the age of eighteen. I didn't actually know the definition of integrity. You know, I thought I did, but I didn't. Um, you know, he, he taught me that. So a lot of leadership came from him and people like Jim Stogsdale, who was, uh, you know, that guy's like a brother to me. We served together. Um, and same thing, a lot, a lot of leadership uh, lessons there. Um, and, um, and then after that, it was sort of like, you know, these relationships you develop throughout work. Um, just friendships you create, um, uh, you know, at Sapien, when I was at Sapien there for a little while, um, uh, you know, Mike, Mike Guzman, uh, who's my boss. Um, he, I always called him like a mad scientist, um, because I didn't understand his strategy. I understood his strategy once I resigned and, um, you know, I was, I tried the whole, uh, getting into the startup world. Um, I later realized what he was doing was enabling me, uh, giving me very little direction, right? And because he knew, he knew that I'd figure it out. Right. Um, it's sort of like George S. Penn. You know, that was sort of it's like you know, give give your people just enough, and then they'll figure out the rest. Right. You know, that's what that's what really will will create a great leader. Um, you know, so he uh, you know, he 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 did that for me. Um, so. It took some years for me to appreciate it, right? But it always does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same thing with parents because or whatever too, else. Yeah, it's like you're so you're in the thick of it at the moment, and you know there's just a lot of distractions, and you know your your your, your judgment or your vision is sort of clouded. Um, so yeah, it takes uh, it takes a little time for you to realize, you know, what was actually going on, the things you learned, uh, you know, the things you were observing subconsciously. Um, so, but, um, I mean, off top, I, I, got it. I really hope I'm not forgetting anybody. Like, what are your feelings about paying it forward? Like, do you feel that people who have reached a certain level of success, I don't want to say obligated, but should give back to some degree rather to their people or even to a stranger who's trying to move up? What, how are your, what are your I, feelings? I, of? I, I think you should be doing that, you know, regardless, right. Um, you know, putting yourself in other shoes, um, um, especially now, right? Look, I'm going to be very honest here. I'm, I'm getting, I'm not old, but I'm getting older. I'm older, man. Older, right? You're not, little bit you're more definitely senior. not old. <laughs> <laughs> I feel old, <laughs> but not like, it, you know, my energy is great and everything. It's just, we've been in the industry for so long. We've seen it come, uh, uh, become just something amazing. Um, I didn't think what we're, you know, the Twitters and I mean, the Googles. Yeah. Like I, we sort of saw that coming, but like just the way we interact with technology today, I didn't really see it, you know, at that scale. Um, but, but we should back to your, back to your question. Um, we should absolutely always want to share what we're learning. Um, because again, through teaching, you learn a lot. Um, yes. Cause if so, you can explain it, you truly understand it. Yeah. Yep. 
so like Einstein, what, God, what's that famous, uh, what's his quote, um, you know, about you not truly understanding something if you can't explain it to an eight-year-old or something like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah, that, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. even when I'm yeah. speaking to people, uh, you know, my girlfriend or my mom or my brother be around and they're like, they'll just walk out the room if I'm having a, a tech conversation with someone. <laughs> so there's almost like different levels of, of your niche. So if an accountant speaking to account, they may never turn. It's the, it's the lingo for your specific industry. Yeah. So I have my lingo of tech, but you know, especially if you want to move up, and I, I give this as uh, advice for people that's going moving up in the tech world, you have to learn how to simplify what you're saying to product and to, uh, to project managers, to the business side, because we can assume that they know everything we know, but at the same time, you have to be able to to dumb it down, it, it makes it a lot easier for, for you guys to see I and I. I have a term for that. It's called baby English. Baby English. And I say, say also, baby English. Just use baby English. <laughs> Break it down for me. <laughs> and it works, right? Because it puts into context, like, pretend I'm a baby. <laughs> and speaks to me that way. And explain it to yes, yes. If you have to use big words, I'm just going to look at you and, and, and nod. <laughs> Now you've you've been in the industry for a while. You've seen a lot of stories. You hear things through the grapevine. Are there any myths or anything in your profession or your field that you would like to debunk? You don't need a computer science degree. Now that is super controversial, and I'm going to drop that bomb. You don't need a computer science degree. Okay, um, I am living proof of that. I am also. And um, not that that isn't important. You know, I definitely don't want to communicate that. But um, I think technology has come so far that there are so many abstractions that these like heavily complex topics or patterns or whatever you want to call it, um, they're just easier to digest. You know, you don't necessarily need to know what's working under the hood. You just don't. Um, take, for example, Next.js, right? That, to me, is an amazing framework. Um, back and front end, I'll react. Guillermo uh, Roche, I actually met him. Oh, awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I love this. I was an early adapter. Um, I swore up and down by it. Yeah, they had their issues in the beginning, but now they've taken care of so much. It's a huge community. Um, and talk about rapid development. Yeah, that really, it, it saves a lot of, uh, you know, stress and late nights. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, you, you don't need to um, um, have this computer science background. Um, I, I think this is truly open for, for everyone. Um, I think we need to embrace that. Even in terms of, um, you know, you're talking about paying it forward. Technology should be paying paying it forward. Like there's, there's folks like in, in countries that don't have the opportunity or maybe the opportunity is there. Um, like, like Colombia, for example, right. Things are blowing up there. Um, and you know, it's, uh, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm about to go on a little tangent here, but that's fine. Um, but let me just answer your question first. It, yeah, it's, uh, uh um, you don't need, you, you don't need to be an expert. Um, you don't need to be a specialist. You can become one, but to enter into the field, anybody can do this. As long as you're willing to dedicate the time, which really we can apply that to everything, everything. but specifically yeah. to technology, like you can learn this, you know, don't be so intimidated by it. Take steps, you know, ease your way in, but know that it's, it's definitely achievable. I mean, there's so many of us that, uh, you know, that got into this industry self-taught. So and, and we've made a lot of us have made some of the best engineers so yeah so one of the things i actually wanted to get in is your company now what is it what do you Lumaqualis. guys do yes Lumaqualis. what um, do you guys man do? we are a we are a brand new company um and we we timing remember we were talking about timing um so when when i resigned from from sapient um director of technology was doing very well um was uh i mean i don't want to brag too much but hey man go ahead brag 
That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> one of the up and comer, you know, in the New York City office, um, you know, was getting a lot of recognition, uh, a lot of responsibility, and uh, you know, and get just getting a lot of respect. But I knew that there was something else uh, for me. I had had a young family, and I want to frankly spend more time with them. Um, and I knew I can make you know consulting thing like as an independent consultant. I knew right. I can make it work. I had enough people in my network that I could reach out to, and that's what I did. Um, but I built this reputation of being like this fireman, <laughs> uh, being called in when things were going bad, um, which financially was great for me, but, um, kind of stinks, right. To come in when things are, are going bad. Um, and this happened again, just recently, this was, uh, in, I think in like May, um, bad project, things were managed correctly. And uh, it was it was going to end very poorly, which it did. Um, there was really just not much that uh, that that I could do, that anybody could do. Um, but as a result, uh, that client, uh, who was a very successful like serial entrepreneur type, um, I think from just my approach of being very direct and honest with him, uh, you know, regards to my assessment of the situation, uh, I think he appreciated that, right? And, um, so he saw something there and at the same time, he has a lot of advisors and, and very just, uh, um, you know, senior high level people like, like our CEO, uh, Anthony Conti, he came from EPAM. Um, he, uh, he helped to, uh, actually he, he brought them public. Like he made them public. Oh, okay. Right, um, right. yeah, yeah. And he was their chief financial officer. Um, super experienced guy. At first I was like very intimidated by him. Um, you know, which was silly. I mean, he's just great human being. Um, but you know, I didn't know him from, from a hole in the wall. (laughs) So I was just like, you know, I, I saw the experience. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, it was so like not a little bit of starstruck, but it's, you know, CFO for EPAM. EPAM is a big consultancy. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and, but it was timing that brought us together. And like, there was just this, uh, I, I say this all the time, man. It was like a magic moment. Um, you know, it was a bad situation that brought us together. And and we just, frankly, we're, we're tired of, of, of this repeated model of, you know, people just lying to their clients saying, yes, I can do this. And yes, I can do that. Oh, no problem. No problem. When you really can't, you know, or, you, know you just you didn't have the capacity to. So... Um, but back to Lumqualis, we're we're an IT consultancy. This is our fifth month. Um, we were sort of uh, we're in a good position in terms of um, oh god, I hope I can say this, but like financially, we're in a good place. Right. Uh, we're doing things differently in terms of we're getting the team first. Like we still have some some very just small small accounts, smaller projects. Um, you know, we're taking our time. Um, you know, so we can build a team first. You know work through all the issues that, that we're definitely going to have. Um, we haven't really had too many of those because we're finding great talent. Right. Um, and I think I'm, I'm just in my recruiting process. I think I'm doing it the right way. I think there's something special about, um, you know, making this per- personal connection first and then validating their skills. Um, their skills always don't work out, but honestly, I rather hire really, uh, really honest and, and good people. Um, and you know if they have uh, if they have enough of the skills uh, skill set that we can improve on you know over the course of a few months then great right I rather have someone with the right mindset always I'm, I've um, always I've always been a cultural person first yeah yeah um, I mean yeah you've seen when when I interviewed you it's like I even told you I, th- I think I probably said this is probably going to be the most informal <laughs> interview you're ever going to have <laughs> we're going to have a discussion man we're going to sit down we're going to get to know each other. <laughs> Exactly, um, but it works. It worked, all right. Um, and uh, so, you know, so what we're doing is, you know, we've 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 hired folks uh, in Medellin, um, which is a great location for technology. Um, it's funny. I I was saying at first I came from this uh, perspective of, you know, they uh, you know Latin America never really had the opportunity. But I, I but then I spoke to somebody else, and she actually corrected me. She said, No, no, no. The opportunity has always been there. It's just that, you know, nobody was thinking to, to go there for opportunity and silver lining around COVID, right? Companies had to start, you know, 
pivoting and thinking of different, you know, where can we get talent? Because right now it's like very challenging to get good talent. Good talent. Um, yes. So that's, yeah. And, you know, I think, I think the, uh, the country is doing the country of Columbia is doing a great thing by, by investing, uh, in technology, getting the, uh, the workforce trained, um, very passionate people, uh, very smart. And, uh, I think it's a really like excellent time. It's an excellent opportunity for the country, for Latin America. Um, and, um, um, you know, very proud to be, to be part of that. And I said it before, I think it's like a, it's like a magical time, man. It's a special time right. in history Absolutely. <laughs> and, and we're part of it. Um, um, but, you know, but back to, again, back to Luma Qualis, um, you know, that's, that's what we're doing. Um, we're going to start hitting the market very, you know, very hard in the next month. Um, you know, we're expanding. So, um, what do you guys specialize? Yeah, I want to get to web develop right now. We're, we're starting, you know, we're very focused right now. So web developments, DevOps and, okay. um, uh, user experience design. Okay, um, cool. you know, we don't want to have such a wide spectrum, um, you know, we're going to start off in these, uh, like, you know, these key areas and then, and then from there add to our services. Um, but that's what we're focusing on, on right now, because that's what we know back to my point of a lot of startups or just a lot of consultancies says, yeah, yeah, we could do this. We could do that. We want to be very, <laughs> very transparent, very open, uh, very honest to our clients about what we can do. And for everything else, we'll be, we'll say, Hey, we can't do this, but we know this other uh, uh, this other company that that can. Oh wow! Um, okay, so and, you look, actually and yeah, that's another thing too. Absolutely, look, people that say that you can't work out with another company uh, because they're competition. I think that's a wrong strategy. Absolutely, the, you know, it, it's it's that that's foolish. That's silly. Um, you know, there's enough business uh, for for everyone. There really um, is. Yeah, and you know. Collaboration, right? We talk about collaboration all the time in our industry, but then we're going to put, you know, constraints around that. I think that's silly. I think that's going to limit opportunity, um, and it's going to it's going to limit what what you can actually provide to the you know to your clients. So let me ask you this: If you and I, I, I like to switch it up a little bit. If you and I could switch places, you were the interviewer, I was the interviewee. Is there a question that you would have liked me to ask? that I didn't ask you or is there a question that you've always wanted to ask me? This is a good question, man. Um, God, you got me stumped, man. Um, I don't know, James. <laughs> um, come back to that one. Come back to that one. No problem. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah. I, I was speaking about your company, but I also want to give you kind of a moment to shine what would you like uh, our listeners to know about you, where they can connect with you online? How can you get more information about your company? Uh, how they can connect with your company for you know potential work or just in, having a conversation? Really, LinkedIn is the best place. Um, uh, Anthony is very active there. Uh, I'm going to start becoming more active. Um, I'm mostly like a drive-by comment <laughs> commentator. <laughs> you know, um, if it's an interesting topic, I'll you know I'll uh, uh, I'll chime in. Um, but you know, frankly, you could you could go to our website limaqualis.com, um, or just you know just Google us. We'll be the only result that comes up because there is no other limaqualis out there. And I'll uh, actually I'll spell add that in the out. video. And right, you awesome, can spell yeah, it out, but uh, I'll add it so that everyone can definitely find it. It is uh, L U M I Q U A L I S. So okay, perfect. Uh, dot com. I'll yeah. make sure I put it in the description, uh, and I also put it on the screen, so people watching it, or if they're listening, or they see it, they'll 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 know. Cool. And and, and my LinkedIn, it's uh, you know LinkedIn dot com slash i n slash Caesar M Perez. My middle name is Manuel, so C E S A R M P E R E Z. Okay, easy to find. Yeah, yeah, super easy. So now um, to our that, that question really got me stumped. Still, if you were switched, what would I ask you? Or if there's something that you you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about, either one. Um, no, you know what? Like the, when I didn't, I I prepared a little bit, right? But at the same time, I wanted this to be like a natural conversation. Absolutely. Um, which is why I go everywhere because a conversation with me is like a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's part two. 
So this is kind of uh, my signature question that I ask everyone. When I talk about that, every everyone who goes down any career path, any field, any industry, it's not always going to be a happy path. So what was kind of one of your darkest moments in your journey and your career, rather be in business, rather be at a job, rather be anything? And kind of how did you cope with it and overcome it so it didn't hold you back from succeed from succeeding and being the guy that the world knows you as now? Um, yeah, so we're going to get to some personal stuff right now. Um, as you know, um, my mother lived with uh, multiple myeloma for 23 years uh, before she passed away last year. And hear that. I, I was always her, her caregiver. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, the whole story. Yes. I remember. I mean, one of the strongest individuals, I think, not just because she was my mom, but uh, truly ad- admire her, her strength, her um, just never gave up, man, ever, ever. And always had like, I don't know if you saw, I posted something, a video that she sent me from like last year uh, about, you know, here she was with a cast on her arm because, you know, this was a bone disease. So she was, right. um, she's had brittle bones, right? So her arm broke or her wrist broke rather. So she's there in a cast and she's like, she's like, Caesar, today is a good day. Like no matter what, you know, it's a good day. Um, so what, you know, challenges are going to come professionally. Challenges are going to come in your, in your personal life. Um, and it's all about, you know, persistence. Yeah. You know, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to, you know, be, to be down, but don't let it keep you down. Um, because like we mentioned before, there's always going to be challenges, right? It's always going to be hard. Life is hard. Um, and, uh, um, so I think that's sort of like, you know, it it was a very long time that, that she was with us. That was always, you know, part of my, uh, that was just part of my existence. It was part of my life. Um, you know, being a, a partial caregiver to her, uh, whether it was, you know, emotionally or, you know, taking her to, uh, to appointments or, being with her when she was getting chemo and then still having to work, right? right. Still having to, you know, not put on a face, but, you know, make sure, because everyone always, you know, I'm very transparent. Everywhere I've been, everyone has always, they, they, they know, they know what's going on in my life. I get very personal right. um, because I think that's important. But, uh, but they also saw that I was still, you know, uh, putting in the time, showing up early, um, you know, challenges at work, still get through it all plus all this stuff on uh, uh on top of it right um you know so um but i yeah i guess you know that's that's sort of that's that's that was the toughest uh i guess like the darkest darkest uh, uh you know challenging time yeah i yeah. remember when when you were going through that situation you know i was just kind of checking up on you but you know for a fact that she's definitely very proud of you You've moved forward. I mean, you started the company yeah, afterwards. That... So, I mean, obviously, you, you definitely would want her to to see you as a CTO of this new startup that's going to do big and better things. But you are who you are. You are where you are. And she was a major part of molding you into the person that could eventually be who you are now. Yeah. yeah I mean, even even when I when I you know when I resigned from Sapien, she's like, "Are you sure this would?" And I was like, "You know what? I I don't know." Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Right. But that's just, uh, this, this, I said, I'm going to do this. And, you know, she was, uh, like just, just letting me know that no matter what, it's like, Hey, everything's going to be fine. You know, you still have your family, you know, we're here to support you and everything did work out. I wish she were, she would, she would be here. Like, you know, she can meet, obviously be with the kids and you know, just be here, but you know, to meet Anthony, to meet, you know, to be Mike, the, the two other partners. Um, and, and to see what we're doing with, uh, with Luma Qualis, you know, but it's all right. Everything, uh, we're going to keep her legacy going, um, you know, through the children and, you know, how I am with, uh, with all our team members, um, is, is how she was. So yeah, we're going to, you kind of brought up a good point in regards to when you left Sapient, you were, I guess you could say jumping out on a limb. How was that, um, emotionally for you? giving up something that was so comfortable and you were doing so well at to switch and pursue something else that may not have gone the route you wanted, but it was something that you truly wanted to do. 
was there a certain mindset or were there things going through your head? Was um, like, how did you overcome I, that to, to, it, it's a tough decision for people. It, it is, uh, you know, there's a lot of perceived risk, uh, and, and people aren't wrong when they, when they saw it as risky. Um, so a year after I came into Sapien as a, as a consultant, um, and people thought I came back full time and I was saying, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here as a consultant. And a lot of them were like, wow, you know, that takes a lot of courage and, uh, I'd be so scared. And I was like, well, I don't know if it's me being courageous or just stupid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I think it's a little bit of both, but no, and, and look, it's, um, you know, there was a lot of perceived risk. I, I think there's risk in everything that we do, even when we're at, uh, you know, at a full-time job that it might seem secure, um, but there's nothing guaranteed, you know, um, you know, everything is, everything's a risk. Um, so did it go perfectly? Not at all, man. Um, you know, I, I failed a lot, uh, but everything I learned in, in those failures, like I, I thought I was going to be the next, uh, not Twitter, but I, I put out a product that was specific for, uh, for, for autism, uh, or aut- yeah, autism related, related therapists, uh, ABA, ABA, okay. applied behavioral analysis, uh, for data capturing and data analysis, because that whole entire industry is just, it's just, um, sort of neglected by technology. Let's just put it that way. Um, in combination with those professionals not being tech savvy, so they don't know what's out there. Um, Invested my own money, put the time for it, released it in eight months, even after doing, you know, all this market research and, you know, interviews with, uh, with, with the agencies that provide those type of services, had a good, uh, had a good product, but it, it ultimately failed because you can't do everything by yourself, you know? Right. So that was a big lesson learned. It's like, Hey, you're actually not Superman, uh, as, as much as I wanted to believe, you know, and <laughs> can't do it all on your own. Um, but, uh, you know, so it, it wasn't, it wasn't just this, you know, uphill, like things are going great. No, it it was, it was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of challenges, man. And a lot of, you know, doubt to be honest. Um, but you know, again, it goes back to the persistence thing. You, you, you just, number one, can't quit, right. Cannot quit. Um, but surround yourself with the right people. That is so critical. We didn't talk about this at all, but if you really do want to succeed, don't surround yourself with anyone who's going to, you know, either talk you down or, uh, because most people don't want to see others succeed. Uh, it sounds very, you know, just depressing to say that, but sort of true. Um, yeah, you know, is. so sort of keep your, keep your dreams limited to a limited audience. Um, and only, only share with those who are going to lift you up because, you know, as much as we want to think that, People are going to like raise you up and encourage you and stuff. No, there's a lot of doubters and haters out there. That's actually great advice. Cause now that you say that I'm thinking about my circle and I have a lot of big plans, a lot of things that I'm working on. And there's certain people who I know, no matter what, even if they may not agree on it, they'll never try to knock down what I'm doing. Cause they just know my persistence, my brother, my mother, uh, you're actually in that list. You know, pretty much everything that I'm working on. I have a circle of like my three or four best friends, a couple business partners, but that circle is real small. I really don't post about what I'm doing, what I'm working on, just for the simple fact, I don't care what they're going to say, but why put myself out there to hear the negativity at all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, and for me, I I do care what, uh, what people say sometimes a little bit too much. Um, so that's why I, you know, I made that decision to just, you know, keep it limited um, you know, once I get there, then, you know, the success will speak for itself. And then, um, you know, then, then you can talk about it, you know, then they'll ask you, Hey, how did you get there? And then you can share, right. You know, like you said, Pat, you know, uh, uh, uh not move it forward, but, uh, pay it um, forward, pay it forward. I was going to say passport, but, but, you know, but you pay it forward just through, Hey, this was my experience this is how I did it. Um, and maybe that encourages the next person to come up with the next idea. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to give you one last opportunity. Maybe it was floating around in the back of your head. Did, did you come up there. with a question? No? Okay. Well, if anything, you can, uh, you can email me the question and I'll answer it on, on, another po- on another podcast that I do in the future. So I just wanted yeah. to say, Cesar Perez, 
you know I'm a lifer when it comes to you and me. If you ever need anything, you already know you can always reach out. You've always been a friend. Likewise, brother. You've actually helped me uh, move forward. You're the one who kind of brought me in to where I'm now, the senior director of software engineering, the company I'm working at now. So definitely owe you uh, in regards to helping me move forward. And also, as, as, <laughs> you, you know what I meant, just as, as a friend, I, I'm just acknowledging that I appreciate the things that you have done for me. And uh, we've definitely you, become man. friends over the, the, the last few years. And, and I definitely appreciate you. No, thank you. Thank you, James, man. And you've always look, you've always been, uh, always been real, always been, you know, a straight shooter. Um, and like, I appreciate that so much, man. Um, yeah, that's why we, we've kept in touch. You know, even though we haven't seen each other in God, a while, how long it's been, man. It's been, yeah, it's been a while. It's, it's been, been a while. while. And we just missed each other in Medellin. We just missed yes. each other. I literally um, left <laughs> on like Saturday and I think you got there on Sunday. It was literally like, I left, you got I, there. <laughs> I think it was the same day. Yeah, I think it was the same day. It was It was literally. It was the next day, but yeah. yeah I left, yeah. We, we literally did this in the plane. <laughs> <laughs> But man, and, no, you've and, always been great, dude. And and no, I was gonna say no, no. Thanks for bringing me on here. Um, I didn't know what this was gonna be like, but no, this was great. This, it was a lot of fun. Oh no, it was definitely a lot of fun. And like I said, we'll 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 always be in connection with each other. And in that, I would like to say thank you all for joining me for this episode of In the Woods. Be sure to sign up to our email list at moreinthewoods.com so that you don't miss our next episode. And follow me at William Moore, the author on all social media platforms. If you have any questions or something that you'd like us to talk about in a future episode, definitely feel free to reach out. I'm James Woods, a.k.a. William Moore, and thank you for listening. Bye-bye.